Y'all, welcome back to Kentucky Fried Wargaming, where two guys who aren't qualified to talk about anything decide to talk about a game with hard math and chance. I'm Joe. And I'm John. And this is our eighth episode, John, in uh, in our little podcast journey that we're going on to get people into the hobby. Yeah, I think we're on episode eight. Yeah, so we've been doing yeah. a, a whole yeah, lot of batch count. recording since uh, I've had a little bit of time off of work and so is John, so... We are uh, trying to knock these things out as quickly as possible, so that way we can keep the content coming as for as long as we can. Uh, especially once things start to pick up for us next spring, it'll be nice to have this little backlog. Um, so excuse us if we get some of the stuff uh, oh, yeah, mixed sure. up, but I believe this is going to be episode eight. Um, just recently, uh, we've had a couple of our episodes go live. Uh, we had episode six go up, talking about um hobbying and how to do so for new uh newcomers um we've had episode seven go up talking about finding a friendly local gaming store and uh how to spot a good one compared to a bad one and why that matters and now in sort of the what we're anticipating to be the journey of a new hobbyist kind of watching these podcasts as they get to different steps we're just going to kind of assume that you've you've built some of your minis, you know, maybe you've even painted some of them, and that you've found some place that uh, you could play whatever system you've decided to play uh, at some gaming store of some sort, or maybe a club, depending on where you're at in the world. And we're assuming that now you're starting to get a little antsy and want to actually play the game on the tabletop, and maybe even have a pickup game with someone that you don't know yet. Yeah, I think that uh, the next thing we should really hop into is a social contract. It's a very integral and important part of the hobby, not just to have healthy games, but to have a healthy community. And knowing what that is, why it's important, what to do when somebody infringes upon that is integral for the long-term enjoyment of this game. Wouldn't you agree, Joe? Yeah, I would. Um, If... For folks just getting into this, you might not have heard this term before. Uh, for people who've been playing the game for a long time, I apologize, you've probably heard this a thousand times. But we're going to try to break this down in a way that's not so dry and is not so theoretical and try to suss out what that means and how it can actually work for you. Because uh, long story put really short, it is the way that you make sure that you and your opponent are both having a good time and that you're respecting each other's efforts to show up to try to play this game. Because uh, as we've talked about in a few, uh, we alluded to in a few previous episodes, this is different than uh, many other hobbies that some people have, especially in terms of video games, where in a video game, you just sort of click play game and it'll cue you up via the internet to one of potentially millions of opponents all around the world. And the rules of that game are enforced by the game itself. It, you know, developers have hard-coded rules into that design, and it makes sure that everybody abides by them. Uh, but here, with us being a, a tabletop miniature game, we don't have the benefit of that. We have to go out and we have to find our own opponents, and we have to try to make sure that we're both having fun because there's no inherent overarching system making sure that everybody's playing nice. So the idea of the social contract is that it's something that we all sort of 
often unspokenly agree to, to try not to be absolute jerkwads to each other and to set the expectations for whatever we're about to do if, you know, if we're about to play a game. Yeah. And more so than that, it also is important to remember that these are people you're playing with. Uh, in, in video games, it's very yes. easy to forget that there's somebody behind the screen that you're actually playing the game with. This hobby is interpersonal in a very social way, mm-hmm. where you're going to be sitting at a table with somebody for a few hours and getting to know them, and you're not just going to be talking about the game. You're probably going to talk about other stuff. And so having a, a kind of set of boundaries to follow and not follow kind of gives you a frame of reference on kind of what this kind of person is going to be like and how to handle your interactions with them. It sounds very theoretical. It sounds very like mumbo jumbo, but it is very important for long-term enjoyment of the game. I feel. Yeah, I would agree. I mean here. So for example, one of the bit of, I'd say the biggest benefit of this is that, If you were cognizant of this going into a game, especially with someone you don't know and you're not sure their play style, it might help you to avoid having a bad time for them or you or maybe both of you. It allows you to know what you're getting into. You know, if somebody's looking for a a hyper competitive tournament ready sort of gritty game and you're looking to like have a beginner game where you're just learning. If you both just kind of dove into this thing with with no like conversation beforehand or no idea of what each other are bringing or doing or trying to get out of this, you're probably both going to have a bad time. You know, they're going to steamroll over you and not get they're not going to learn anything out of it cuz they're trying to get a competitive game in and you're not going to learn anything out of it cuz you're not going to make it past the first turn. And for some people it's easy to forget that people address these games differently. There are some people who will naturally look at this game as a more competitive-minded, more like Magic the Gathering kind of play. For a lot of other people, it's sitting around a table and just having fun with whatever I happen to have and I happen to paint it this month. There's different players, and they want to play two different games, and those games are going to be not fun if you're the other person. Like, uh, I've played competitive-minded games, and they're not fun to play against people who don't bring a competitive army because all you're doing is kind of picking on a person who didn't prepare competitively to play against you. And if you're trying to make a competitive list, you're not actually testing anything. And if you're a more casual player playing against a competitive list, you're kind of just losing and not having a good time because... They brought a hyper-efficient list to your just bunch of cool dudes. Yeah, and it's awful. Like, as someone who's been there, it's really rough. Um, So, sort of having some sort of structure to play in is helpful. So, generally speaking, the social contract breaks down to being uh, kind and polite to your opponent and trying to accommodate each other to have a good time. And that's really what it boils down to. It's not very complicated. I'm sure other longer-winded people out there could probably dive into it deeper and the origins of it and 
all sorts of nuances, but it really does boil down to just trying to make sure that your opponent is having fun and that you're having fun, whatever that means, whether that's competitive or casual. And it can be very simple. Like, it doesn't have to be a two-hour conversation over going over each unit choice and pick. It can be as simple something as simple as me going, Hey, Joe, uh, we're going to play a game next Saturday. Uh, I'm thinking about bringing my Skaven. Uh, I didn't. I don't really have a competitive Skaven army. I just kind of have a bunch of neat stuff that I like pay, taking on the table. Here's kind of what I'm thinking about bringing. Maybe a bunch of rats, maybe one or two siege engines. What army do you think you want to play? And then you, you say what you want to say. Yeah. And then I can counter by like, A, picking up on a couple of things that he said. One, he said he doesn't have a competitive list. So that immediately my brain goes, all right, we're not playing that kind of game. We're going to tone it down a little. Cool, cool. Uh, he then said he's playing Skaven. So if I had an army that particularly stomped Skaven or another option, I'd pick option two. Because I know that if I brought option one, we're going to have a bad time. So boom, right there. Type of list and army situated right there. And... He also just told me, like, some of his units. Sounds like he's bringing a pretty general list because that's what he's got. All right. I, so that we can have a fun game, in my brain, I also start thinking, I'll bring a general list because I don't want to counterbuild him. That's kind of jerkish. Um, and that way, all of those things kind of processing in my head aren't really spoken. It's not like this blood rite that him and I have sworn to under a full moon. Uh... But it could be. I mean, John, you're giving away the finale. <laughs> um, you know, it was just like a little thing I picked up on. And I think a lot of this goes on in little nuances like that. And it's something, as I said earlier, that sort of longtime players have probably heard before. And it's something they just do without even think about it. But uh, I've seen some new people get into the hobby not really consider that. Uh, especially if this is their first sort of like social tabletop game where they're not coming from like a, a LARP background or a Dungeons and Dragons or like tabletop RPG background. Um, it's worth mentioning because it really can help you have a good time, especially if you're playing with strangers. And like to, to draw an example from another pretty well-known game, it's like if you were sitting down to play D&D &D 5e with a bunch of new people that you don't know um, and you guys are all like kind of giving out character ideas and maybe three people in the game are wanting to play like super turbo combat characters. Like maybe one's a super powerful barbarian. Maybe one's a super hopped up warlock and the other one's like a super powerful cleric Woo! with like healing stuff. And they're all gung ho about wanting to do combat. Let's kill the demons. And you on the other hand are going, I made this really cool socialite bard that doesn't actually have very much spell casting is all about charisma based scores. Yeah. And the DM goes, well, this game is going to be hunting demons and not a lot of talking. You're probably not going to want to play that character anymore. But, and you probably wouldn't have came prepared with that character. If you would have known that it's, it's setting that up ahead of time. It's preparing yourself before playing a game with somebody yep. for the game ahead. And if, I'm going to tell you right now, if somebody does not want to do that with you before playing a game, you probably just do not want to play this uh, play game with them. Like tip, tip number one, if someone goes, I don't want to tell you what army I'm bringing. I don't want to 
like do have a conversation about the game we're gonna have you just don't want to play them just they'll tell you that right now <laughs> yeah that that's probably gonna be a bad time um which you know speaking of bad times we should probably bring the last point that you know i'm not really excited to talk about but it's worth mentioning um what happens if someone is sort of breaking the social contract or in layman's terms is being a turd i mean just unbearable Uh, It doesn't happen often, in my experience. I've been pretty lucky to run into a bunch of really nice folks. um, But I have had an experience or two that was rough. And knowing how to react to it when that occurs is uh, can be helpful, especially in the moment. Um, So, John, I know you've also had uh, experiences more than one. Uh, Do you want to go ahead and throw one of those out and kind of like contextualize yeah, so, the idea of what is breaking the social contract. Yeah, so, like, back in, like, 6th edition uh, Warhammer 40k, uh, I was playing Necrons, and a friend of mine at the time played Chaos, and he had a reputation for kind of being a bit of a jerk, um, and, like, a, a bit very a bit competitive. And, uh, I had not really played too many games with them. I had played, like, one or two. So, I went to go play a game with them. And we had discussed ahead of time, like, what armies we were bringing. He was like, I'm going to bring a Chaos Force. And I was like, well, I'm going to bring Necrons. And so, we didn't conversate after that. And we went to go play the game. Well, when I put my models out on the table... Uh, I just had a bunch of, like, Necron Warriors and some Ghost Arcs and, like, a Monolith. I didn't have a whole lot of Necrons. And he puts down, like, as much artillery as possible because he knew I had a bunch of Warriors. And that should have been Red Flag 1, where he had brought a bunch of units just to straight counter my army. That's not fun to play against. Should have been Red Flag 1. Um, as we played the game, he just proceeded to... He got some bad bad rolls, and he proceeded to get very, very angry. Uh, we used to use uh, uh, blast templates for things. A lot of his blast templates just kept completely missing. And he was getting very angry. And so he started trying to get away with cheating without me (laughs) noticing uh and when i noticed i would be like hey that's not how that rule works can we look it up in the rule book his response was no i know how my army works so i would look it up and i would show it to him and he would go that's not how that works i know what i'm talking about and when i would ask for evidence i would get nothing so i tried to continue the game to look past the one or two times he did that well, he kept getting bad luck, and he kept being a jerk about it. Like, he kept getting angry. <laughs> to the point where he was, like, kind of raging um, and putting models down on the table very aggressively. And, like, to a po- like uh, specifically around mine. To the point where he was starting to, like, get really close to breaking some of my models. And, like, he was picking up my models and removing them when he killed them. And he was being very rough with them. And uh, just overall, bad negative vibe. And so I've uh, at, some, at some point, I just looked at him. I think it was like turn three. And I went, I'm not playing this game anymore. I'm done. 
And he goes, well, well, why? Well, why, why are you doing this? I want to see about winning. And I said, well, no. I'm just going to stop playing the game. And I put all my toys away. And I got up and it wasn't worth my time. Sometimes that has to happen. Uh, there are some people who take this game too seriously. They are jerks. And even when you try to rationally talk to them, like people, they will be jerks. And the only thing you can really do is go, I'm done. And step away with your models and go spend your time elsewhere and not play them again. That is an option. Now, that's normally the worst option. That's normally the uh, exterminatus option. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is the last resort. And it's probably one of my worst examples. Um, but I believe, Joe, you have a much more common and more down-to-earth, maybe less extreme example. Yeah. Um, no models were broken in the making of this story. <laughs> um, yeah, I... Uh, I've been really fortunate, as I mentioned in the uh, in the last episode, talking about friendly local gaming stores. Uh, I found a place that is just pretty cool to play games, and uh, almost everybody in there is really chill. And uh, I, up till this story that I'm about to tell, hadn't had any problems, and I'd had a number of pickup games with strangers there, and uh, had a great time with each and every one of them. And uh, after having a couple of pickup games, uh, the store owner told me that they were going to do a uh, a league, and for people who don't know what that is, it's where you play, you know, week to week uh, in a series of games against a bunch of different people. There's sort of like a bracket set up, and you just kind of play your way through, and so by the end of it, you've played everybody, and you can kind of have a fun time against a bunch of people at a certain point level, and uh, you can use that as a way to learn and get some experience, and uh by the time I'd had my pickup games and I'd got this invite, you know, as I said, I had a bunch of fun experiences. So I was down as uh, my first league ever. And, uh, first couple games, I had a good time. And, uh, I think I even won both of them. It was, they were close games, but I ended up coming out ahead. So I was going into this particular game on a high note. Uh, I was really excited to kind of get in, uh, a game against an army that I hadn't played before. And, I sat down at the table and uh, had a conversation with the guy beforehand, and he was a little gruff, but, uh, you know, not like r big red flags or anything. You know, some people aren't much for chatting. That's cool. And uh, so we started the game. Uh, we did our deployments, and everything was playing out. And at some point, he sent his general, like his big model, against my big model with no support or anything. And... It did not go well for him. Uh, he rolled a bunch of dice to try to kill my guy in one shot, and he didn't pull it off. And uh, my particular hero turned around and one-shotted his guy. Just obliterated him. And then the next turn, killed a couple of other models. And at this point, the tone at the table changed. Um... Every, like, he became very short and sort of agitated and, uh, really angry. And he started going on and on about how it wasn't statistical and it wasn't likely and it shouldn't have happened. He's really mad that he should be winning. And, uh, it, it, to try to blow this down, he became a jerk. It, an absolute jerk. Like, you know, this is a dice game. 
sometimes you get to roll some bad dice and he just yeah, sometimes you just get bad luck so it's it happens it happens uh and he just did not take that well and that sort of like it was like a passive aggressive nuclear bomb had gone off at the table and i could not get outside of the radiation fallout zone and um i it was one of those things i didn't want to keep playing however unlike john's scenario i was in a leak <laughs> like we're going to have to keep coming back here over the next couple of weeks to keep playing games. So kind of like saying, hey, I'm out. Wasn't an option here. Uh, so instead, I kind of just, you know, I stayed quiet, kept rolling my dice, and uh, I finished out the game as quickly as I could. And uh, whereas normally I kind of chat with my opponents after the game and kind of talk about what could have happened or what couldn't have happened. Uh, in this instance, I just kind of got the hell out of there and left it at that. And and then next week went on to my next game. And I decided the only thing I could really do is just never play that person again. And from then till now, I haven't. And I won't. <laughs> if, uh, if I get in another league and I have to play them... Uh, y'all, I'm gonna be sick that night. He could just have the win, because I'm, I'm not dealing with it. It's, uh, you know, this is a hobby that I do to have fun, and to kind of relax and have a good yeah. time, and, uh, there's, I just, I don't have the time to spend on people like that, get mad over, you know, make-believe army men rolling dice, and you might find that at whatever shop you go to, there might be a, uh, most people call him like a that guy, uh, somebody Absolutely. who is just a turd. And it is okay if you find someone like that to just not want to play with them anymore. And I, I think that's a very effective method to somebody who kind of like broke the co social contract is to just not have more games with them. It's fine. There will be other opponents who you will have a good time with. And I mean, speaking of that, literally my next game after playing that guy, I ended up playing a, an orc player that was the most fun pickup game I had ever had. So it was, it was well worth being cool about it and just getting out of there to go to the next week because the next week was a blast. Um, but that's something you might have to do. It happens. And if you are noticing it, uh, like noticing bad behavior and breaking of a social contract with someone who is your friend that you've known for a while, or maybe it's a member of your community. Like, for instance, we'll use Joe as an example. Say I start being a jerk at a game that Joe is, like, witnessing and playing a game next to me on. Joe would probably walk over and be like, hey, man, you're kind of being a jerk. Or maybe he'd wait till after the game and be like, hey, you said you said and did some really weird stuff and like uh, uncharacteristic things in that game. Are you like good? Like, are you OK? Like that that keeping tabs on your friends and your community is also probably a good idea if you want to keep things not toxic. Um, it's very easy for like social groups and communities while playing games to become toxic if left unmonitored and keeping it you don't have to like keep an iron fist of moderation upon the community but if you just kind of keep everyone in check especially when someone's being uncharacteristically mean or jerkish and be like hey bud like are you okay or something going on like do you 
it's just game being a little too yeah. frustrating and for i mean you. for like for people who like for people who come from a sports background like this is familiar you look at, you know you keep it out on your teammates it'll tell you if something might be wrong with them you know if somebody's at practice acting particularly weird or angry or mad you know maybe something's going on maybe they need a little help you know, you gotta clean your own house it's the way you keep this hobby fresh and fun, uh, largely, is keeping your opponents fresh and fun. You're having a good time, and you can kind of keep the ball rolling. And maybe it's a way that you can improve. And if you keep a jerk around in your community and don't do anything about it, any new person that could possibly come into the community will probably have a bad time because they'll run into him at some point and will be a little too scared to say anything because they'll see them as an established member of your community that everyone has accepted that behavior of. Don't accept bad behavior. Yeah, it's just, it's too short. This is a hobby y'all and ain't worth it. And, but as a new person, I, I want to stress, this is not common, at least in my experience. Um, at least in my area, um, people don't have a ton of options for where they go to play. There's just not a bajillion game shops. There's not a ton of competition for game shops. So generally speaking, when there is a place that hosts a lot of games, everybody wants to have a good time there. And they want to stay in good standing so they can get pickup games. Because if they get the reputation for being a jerk, nobody plays them. So I'm hoping that... You guys out there getting into the hobby don't have these issues. You know, that you just never run into this problem and it's you never need to use any of this advice or take um, inspiration from either of our stories. But I at least want you to have that for if you do need it. There always ends up being at least one that guy in everyone's, let's say, 40k career. Uh, or Age of Sigmar career, Wargaming career, whatever you want to call it. There's always a, a one of those dudes that you'll run into at some point and being equipped to handle that before it happens and like knowing that that's not like a large portion of the community. They might be a very vocal part of the community. They're not most people. Most people, when you actually like, like hey man, you're, you're kind of being a jerk, they'll be like, oh... I didn't realize, or I'm sorry, I didn't realize you were perceiving it that way. And they'll try to address their, their behavior. Yeah. It, it is very uncommon for someone to go, ah, no, I get it. I'm being a jerk and I meant to. Like, that's a, it's a very uncommon thing, even in tournaments, even at, even at big, big events. Um, you know, I, I listen to a lot of 40K podcasts myself, and they even talk about this kind of stuff about how they try to police this and, and make it better. Because even for them, it's still a pretty small community. They're running and playing the same dudes all year. Um, and so it's on all levels of play. Um, professionalism, sportsmanship, whichever you want to call it, just generally try to respect your opponent as if you would want yeah. to, as you would be, want to be treated. It does boil down to it's that. It's just However, that simple. I think... Uh, we could get a little more practical with some of this. Um, as I've said to John many times, this is a whole bunch of theory. And I'm not a fan of theory. Mar probably because yeah. I'm too dumb to get it a lot of the times. But I think we can instead take this and boil it down to some practical, actionable takeaways for new players. Not just kind of like a, a mindset to move forward with, but some actual advice that you could use if you're going into your first pickup game 
or you're trying to get a couple of those in. Um, all based around the idea of the social contract of, you know, not being a turd. So first and foremost, we've kind of alluded to it earlier. Chat with your opponent before you're going to have a game and be friendly about it. You know, it's not interrogation. You're having a good time. Introduce yourself. Chat about, you know, if you're new, tell them how new you are or try to figure out how long they've been playing. Maybe they're new too. Or as we mentioned earlier, chat about what kind of game you're looking for. You know, if this is your first game and you're looking to kind of learn a little, that's no problem. Let them know. They can probably accommodate. You know, maybe they're tuning their list out a little bit for you. Or if you're an experienced player, maybe they'll tune it up a little bit. Same thing for them if they tell you that they're new. You know, having that conversation before the game just helps. And also, it kind of helps you get a feel for the person. You know, if I go up to a table and kind of introduce myself and say hi and start talking, I, you know, I really pay attention to how they respond. Are are they smiling? Are they also talking? You know, are they, do they seem like someone who's a, who's a people person like myself and who's never met a stranger? If so, you know, I wouldn't keep this chat going the whole game. Although, you know, if they're not, that's cool. I, you could ease off a little bit, but at least you've had a small discussion to talk about what you needed to before you got into the game. I think that single step can avoid a cornucopia of issues before they ever rise up. Absolutely. I, I think that by specifically your point on kind of testing the waters on how this person reacts to mm-hmm. social yeah. conversation really helps kind of come to terms yeah. where they're at. You know where you're at. Like, you know where how much conversation you're comfortable with and what, what you're, you're good at. You don't want to infringe upon someone else's. And uh, similarly, I'm a bit more introverted than Joe by just a little bit. I'm still kind of an extrovert. But if if I'm not feeling a whole lot of conversation, I can kind of test the waters of the guy and be like, eh, touch on some points. And when they touch on something a little bit too much, I can be like, eh, let's go back to the game. And they're like, oh, okay. Then that's just yeah. a thing we don't talk about. Like, that's just a thing we're not going to conversate on and that's it's pretty pretty easy uh what was your next tip joe like your next yeah so i think that's the most important one that we're going to give you here but i think there are a couple of others that could also help you two particularly this is for people who are newer don't be afraid if you make a mistake or if your opponent does especially in a casual setting anything can be looked up and it doesn't have to be a big deal so, this is particularly common when you're newer to tabletop gaming in general. Uh, there's a lot of rules that you have to learn to play just one army. A ton of them. And it's really hard to pick them all up and understand them before you start playing. So, as you play, you're probably going to mess something up. Something. Maybe not a big thing. Maybe it's just a single rule about how wide an aura is or when something happens or when it's supposed to trigger. <clears throat> or, you know, if something is supposed to happen and it hasn't and you want to, like, go back a few seconds and change it. I know when I was new, I had a lot of trouble with that and it caused a little bit of anxiety. But 
Y'all, anything can be looked up, especially if you're not at a tournament and there's no timer. It's okay. Just say like, oh, I might have messed that up. Let me get my rule book. And you can look it up. Same thing for your opponent. If they mess something up, it's okay. There's not money on the line here. You can look it up and anything can be fixed. Yeah. And and especially if you're planning on playing with this person again, like if this is a person that's going to be part of your community or if you're teaching somebody, take the time to walk them through rules yep. when they're confused because it'll make for faster yep. games later. It'll make for more enjoyable games later. And there's nothing wrong with, like Joe mentioned, going back a couple steps. If you, like, forgot about a negative one modifier on a enemy's model that you were shooting at when you rolled your six space marines to hits. Yeah, it's cool. And it would have affected the outcome. There's no harm in going back and just redoing it. Yeah, the numbers might be a little different. Things might be a little changed for better or for worse. But now you know the rule, and it was done fairly, and everybody can agree that's that's a good thing. Yeah, and I will say also, in my experience, when you do, like, let someone do that, you know, if John messed up a rule, and I let him go back, you know, a minute and fix it, your opponent's gonna be in a good mood. Like, they're gonna enjoy that. They're gonna remember that you were an accommodating and nice person. And that's probably gonna go a long way for you to get more games playing with them later. It's something the the terms used for a lot of different things. It's called gotchas. Mm-hmm. Um, you generally don't want to play a game that has a bunch of gotchas. Where some, you know, you don't want to win a game when you've won because you gotcha the other person a bunch, where they just didn't remember a rule or they didn't know something that you could do or something like that. You you want to win a game based off of your skill versus their skill. Or your ability versus their ability. Not so much, you know, the haha, you didn't know about this thing that I could do because yeah, I didn't tell that, you and you didn't turd. get that's knowledgeable turd thing enough to do. about it. That ain't cool. Like, that's, that's not fun. Just give them a little heads up. It's fine. It's whatever. If they realize you could do something that they didn't know about and, like, they asked to, you know, maybe redo, like, the move for a single unit, it's whatever, y'all. It's whatever. And it will help them to learn, it'll help you to learn, and it'll just, it'll make sure everybody has a good time. I promise. Well worth doing, you know, if, especially if you're not at a tournament. If you're at a tournament, different scenario, that's another episode. We'll get there. Um, <clears throat> that's a totally other environment all on its own. Um, next. And this is an important one. I think people don't do this often, and they should. Celebrate your opponent's good luck with them and be gracious when you have good luck. I mean, at the end of the day, this is a dice game. You can calculate averages all you want. You can think about the math and what is statistically likely to happen. But at the end of the day, you're rolling dice and you don't know exactly what's going to happen on those dice. And sometimes your opponent is just going to roll bonkers i mean like i attack you six times and you have to roll all sixes to survive and once in a blue moon they're gonna do it they're they're gonna hit them all and that's not to say you can't complain when someone has really good luck and you have really bad luck but it's about how you do so 
Yep. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've played Joe, and he's had extremely good luck with his Blood Angels. And I'm just over here going, oh, no, <laughs> my boys. <laughs> they forgot to put on their power armor before going into combat Yeah, uh, a common term we use is uh, they done forgot their ammo. Just, you know, I, all right, I got 20 dice to roll. Ah, yeah. I rolled 14 ones. <laughs> They did. Uh, yes. Did you also forget your pants? <laughs> yeah, Brother, it happens, sorry. y'all. It happens. And uh, your reaction to how it happens is something that you get to control. You know, if it happens and it's super rare and it's super random and you're like, be hyped for your opponent. That's awesome. That's so cool. They're going to remember that moment forever. Forever. And you might as well have fun with them. Like, don't poop on that parade. It's fine. You could enjoy it, too. Because this is, like, later when you go to complain, you could genuinely say, man, like, I failed all six two-up saves. Like, it's, you get that story. It's cool. And same thing if you were absolute. if you just rolled bananas and you feel like you should go buy a lottery ticket today, you know, be gracious about it. You don't have to, like, slam dunk on your opponent because you did it. You know, celebrate. It's cool. But don't be a jerk. Because yeah. these things are going to happen. There's there's a particular story where a friend of ours uh, was playing his Alamanders versus my World Eaters. And his Dreadnought was 12 inches away to charge my demon prince and he was like i'm gonna do it and i was like uh don't think you'll make that charge but you can do whatever you want bud he goes hide and watch throws the two dice rolls a 12 looks like just straight in the face and goes it's fist in time and then runs in with his, his dreadnought rolls perfectly like, all hits on his dreadnought, all wounds on his dreadnought, I roll for the, all the immortal saves, fail all of them, and he just pounds my demon prince to the dirt before he can swing back. And just looks at me and goes, Vulcan, baby. And yeah, those moments are incredible. And you might as well enjoy them when they happen, no matter what side of them you're on. It's okay. It'll work out. And I think if you keep that in mind, it'll go a long way for you. Absolutely. Like, you'll, you'll have bad luck games, you'll have good luck games, but at the end of the day, they're all still games. Yeah. Enjoy them. You got to have a time. They you are. got to play with little plastic army things. It's cool. Um, yeah. Next one, if, you know, if things are getting a little heated, it's okay to, you know, like, offer to take a break. Or maybe end the game early if someone's not having fun. It happens. Um, for example, uh, we recently, uh, I was teaching my one of our friends how to play Age of Sigmar. So we played a, a small 1,000 point sort of learner game and I brought a, a really basic list and he brought a really basic list uh, but just through some misplays on his part and a couple of unlucky dice rolls he wasn't doing so hot. Um, he sort of like made his charges but didn't make them with enough guys to really break through my, my guys and um and he didn't survive the counterattack too well. And uh, when that happened, he kind of felt like he was out of the game and he only had a couple of units left. So at like turn three, I could tell he wasn't having fun. So I just offered, hey man, like, want to just call it here? And that's fine. 
it was no problem. Like, there was no reason to keep pushing this to where we have a bad time. You know, we know how this is going. It's, it's not enjoyable anymore. We're friends. We could just shake hands on it and that'd be it. Um, I think, and I think that's kind of something to keep in mind when you're not in a setting where you necessarily have to finish every game. Yeah. And, and even if you don't think that quitting the game is the answer, sometimes like Joe was saying, a break is the best option where you can just go, uh, you seem heated. I seem uncomfortable. What about if we take a step outside and have a breath of fresh air, maybe go get a drink, like a water or a soda, and uh, calm down, uh, come back in five, ten minutes, and keep playing the game. Generally, that's enough for somebody to, to kind of go, okay, I was getting in my own head a little bit, let's uh, chill out, and see how the game goes. I, there's been many times where somebody was losing very horribly in the first two turns. We take a big break after... The second turn, come back with a fresh mind and just end up taking the game by storm. Taking this like ragtag bunch of dudes that are barely holding on with a thread and winning the whole game, winning the whole championship, <laughs> doing the whole cool running thing. Bobsled it's time? Great. Very cool. Yeah. I mean, if that's it's something you can time. do to make sure that a, a game stays fun, have at it. It's on the table. And. Anything that you could do to sort of increase the fun factor when playing a pickup game, especially, is worth doing. Absolutely. Uh, now, Joe, did you have any more uh, tips to add for these folks? Do you think we've talked to them about theory and uh, enough today? Uh, I've got one more quick one. Oh. Um, this one and this is going to follow up. Uh, this is in practice, sir. You deal in theories. <laughs> y'all the amount of times that he will message me with some weird philosophical concept that he heard and i just go how is that practical is well the number is high <laughs> it's very um, high. <laughs> so the last piece of advice i'd give and this is one that i find is especially helpful uh for newer folks is after a game is ended you know you've played it out you guys you know somebody's won somebody's lost talk to your opponent about the game chat about it you know, what went, you know, chat about the good things or maybe the funny things that happened if there were some of them. And also, maybe talk about what you could have done differently. You know, if you lost and you aren't really sure exactly how you could have changed things up, ask them. Just be straightforward and say, you know, how could I have played that differently to maybe do a little better? Or, like, what did you see that I did that you could take advantage of to, to pull yeah. a win? Like, there's there's always a conversation to be had about the game if you're trying to improve. and uh, Or if you're just trying to better understand your opponent's army or how they think when playing that army. Like, there's there's always conversation to be had on yeah, for sure. more of the game. Like, there's, as this podcast can attest, uh, you or can at talk least about we this can. Game forever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it, I have used this specific tactic to turn whole games around. So, that bud I was just talking about, um, where we ended the game early, he was, he really was feeling kind of rough and kind of down on himself and his army because he thought, like, oh, these guys are bad. And, you know, we ended it early because obviously, like, I could feel that the fun wasn't there anymore. 
And then afterwards, I kind of started chatting about what happened, and I explained, you know, really, what kind of hurt you was your deployment. Like, you set up some guys here, and you set up some guys here, um, but you really didn't try to move, you didn't set up to make me have to move, so I just kind of got to sit there. If you would have gone here and here instead, you could have pulled me off these objectives, and you probably would have won this game, and it would have been totally different. Like, it, really, all of this just hinged on one or two mistakes. And after showing him that, everything changed. He, you know, sort of had a light bulb moment of, oh, like, my stuff's not bad. I just, I goofed. Man, I won't make that goof again. And especially when playing with newer folks who are just learning the game, or maybe even folks who have played for a while but are playing a new army that's different for them, these conversations are really, really helpful for them to try to figure out what they're supposed to be doing or not supposed to be doing to improve as a player. And it's really, really great as a teaching tool and as a way to just kind of uh, keep the chuckles rolling while you put away terrain and stuff and clean up if there were some funny times that you can go over again. Yeah, and depending on how well you know your opponent, you could even go far enough as, like, go get lunch or dinner with them and just, like, go have a conversation. Uh, some of my favorite things I've done after a game has been, like, to go to Chinese buffet with my opponent and eat Chinese uh, buffet and be like, <laughs> Post-pandemic. <laughs> this is yes. obviously post-pandemic. Post pandemic, this is going to be an occurrence, but like we, oh, I said Chinese buffet, and now I have a craving that done, cannot be called. What have you done to me? Uh, this episode is <laughs> someone hit the emergency end button because I have to go get Chinese food. This, this is done. <laughs> oh, you bastard! I had some earlier today. But yeah, I think. That's my last piece of practical advice. Uh, <laughs> everything from there, I mean, I feel like getting too lost in the sauce on it almost is kind of like talking down to people. Because a lot of this is really just be nice, like be cool, try to help other people have a good time, you know, yeah. don't be a jerk. And I feel like our intention with this episode is not so much to talk down to you folks, but is instead to make it a point of conversation. Yep. Maybe you hear this and it's something that you can talk about with your friend group or you can talk about with the people you play with and kind of get the conversation going. Uh, these are not, or not, our rules are not the, the rules. It's just some ideas and thoughts we have. Um, take what you, what works for you from this and what doesn't work, you can leave behind. Just try to, Try to have a conversation about, you know, boundaries with your opponents and not just, you know, tabletop wargaming, but take it to other games if you think it's applicable. Um, I can promise to you it is, having done a lot of different gaming in my life. Um, the idea of a social contract and boundaries is very important for all levels of gaming, uh, regardless of who you are, to have a good time. And yep. maybe just keep that in mind and talk about it with people. It's probably the most important way to have a good time more so than any other cool stuff you might do like that cool stuff can't happen if some people feel unsafe and being able to express themselves so yep i think it's worth talking about and you know if you hear this and maybe you have some specific questions about 
you know, some thoughts that you're having as we're talking, or maybe you have a bad experience with somebody and you're not quite sure how to handle it and you, and you don't have other people to kind of chat with, reach out to us. Um, you can, if you're watching this on YouTube, you could comment down below and more than happy to reply. Or if you're listening to this on any of the places that we upload the podcast, uh, feel free to find us on social media, you know, Twitter, Instagram, uh, at Kentucky Fried Wargaming. And you can reach out to us directly, you know, tell us what happened. We try to help you figure it out if you need some advice or, if, you know, you just kind of want somebody to vent to about it because you don't have other people to kind of chat at. It's cool. We're right here. That's what we're for. The whole. Maybe need another perspective. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's why we made this uh, channel is to kind of have a little community where we can talk about stuff. And if that is a way that you can have a better time, more than happy to do so. Just reach out to us. Neither one of us will complain at all. Uh, so, also, I wanted to mention that uh, as we kind of move forward, we got a couple more episodes left on our sort of beginner guide series for getting into tabletop wargaming. Uh, so far, we've got it planned out for 10 episodes to kind of take everybody from zero to hero or, you know, at least competent. And then uh, once we get to that, the end of that 10th episode, uh, we'll kind of branch out a little bit and start doing some other topics that aren't necessarily based around just new player topics. So if there's anything you want to hear talked about after we uh, get back that, after we get past that point, any specific requests of things you would like to hear us discuss or research or kind of talk about, uh, hit us up on the social medias that I mentioned before, Instagram, Twitter, uh, send them to us. We're more than happy to write them down and put them in the rotation for show ideas. And maybe whatever you want talked about can be one of our next episodes. Absolutely. We, there, I'm sure all of you have ideas that we haven't even thought of yet, and we'd love to hear them. It will definitely help us in telling you our thoughts on a thing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're an open book when it comes to suggestions, so feel free to give yep. them. We'd appreciate it. Um, but I think we've pretty much rambled enough with these folks, John. I agree. Uh, we appreciate your time, and uh, we hope that you guys will be here for our next episode. And if not, maybe we'll catch you a little bit later. But that's been all of our opinions. Bonafide Kentucky Fried. We'll see you all next time. See ya.